Isn't that powerful, powerful story? David's sitting right behind me here on the front row. Uh, but God is multiplying that story uh, many, many times uh, over. Uh, and so it's just an honor to be uh, with you all here this morning uh, and speak at this uh, amazing church, Central Assembly uh, of God. And have my, my wife Hannah here with me. You just met her uh, uh, when Pastor Jim had to stand up. So she's doing the, she's taking pictures today. So she's pretty amazing. So she does pictures, social media uh, for the church. So just uh, a variety, uh, started the worship ministry, put out albums. So she's pretty amazing. Give it up for my wife Hannah. <laughs> We have a picture of our family up there. There's uh, 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 my son, Phoenix, and baby girl, uh, Brooklyn. Uh, and so uh, they're, they're uh, overjoyed to be harassing some of your children's workers uh, as we speak this morning. Uh, thanks also to uh, my friend and mentor, Pastor uh, Jim uh, uh, Bradford. And uh, for being a, a leader that others can follow, for supporting uh, my wife and I, for supporting the work that he has called us to. And so we're grateful for, for you and Sister Sandy uh, and the impact that you've uh, had uh, in our lives and ministry. And uh, it will, it's bearing fruit now and for eternity. Um, and thank you also to the board of Central Assembly of God and uh, the, the good people of Central Assembly who support the uh, Freedom City monthly uh, uh, and also put a brand new roof uh, on our building a few years ago to the tune of $100,000. Come on, give yourself a big hand clap for that. Now we, we got to put up all the buckets throughout the building that were catching water. <laughs> When we would have people, when we would have like, uh, you know, people were showing up that weren't a part of the inner circle. It's like, all right, go put the buckets up. We're going to hope that, you know, bring them back out when they walk out. Uh, so very grateful for that. And so the, the Hope Homes is changing lives and uh, restoring families and uh, transforming a, a, a community. And so I know Karen, our director, uh, had to leave. She went to um, share at another uh, church, but we do have Jason Pratt, the housing manager. Could you stand up and uh, give him a big hand? And the Hope Homes men could go ahead and stand up and give them a big hand clap. And we got a graduate right here, Tommy, on the uh, right there. Uh, go ahead and stand up, Tommy. Is Nicholas still here? Did he go to Freedom City? Uh, so, also we have some of our teachers actually attend Central, Daryl and Marcus Erickson and uh, Steve Long. If you guys are here, if you would stand up. Um, I think they go to the early service. They're the more spiritual ones. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and then we have, uh, uh, we do have some booths uh, in the back. We have some charcuterie boards that are made by uh, men in the Hope Homes. Most are returning citizens, returning uh, from prison uh, um, to parole to the Hope Homes, um, just like David Manning did years ago. And so charcuterie boards, they're making at the uh, Workforce Development Program, go to support uh, the work. Also, there'll be some of my books out there. Uh, 
Oh, do we have some, some, do we have a few of our, actually they're gonna give a few away. We have a few of my books, My Prison Became a Palace. Just raise your hand if you would like one and the ladies will run them out to you. We also have uh, the Welcome Felons, Junkies and Saint shirts, which uh, was just our sign, a picture of our sign. And then also we have that Rebuild the City hoodie. Go ahead and show them that Rebuild the City. Oh, he already got it. He, he grabbed it from you. There you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and so, uh, but you can get a book. We're giving the, the books. My, my prison became a palace, two for one uh, today for you guys. And also Pharmacaea, two for one. I believe those are $7 uh, a book. So read one, give one away, or read one, give both away. Uh, Pharmacaea talks about the connection between drugs and the demonic uh, realm. And uh, uh, we also, in the first service, we had some of the straight street uh, uh, recovery uh, housing uh, uh, folk here. Are there any still re uh, men's recovery housing here? If you're still here, go ahead and stand up. We have one. All right, come on. Give it so, a few, a few. We had, I think we had about 75 here at the first service, and they're back at Freedom City Church uh, for service over there. We also have Tina, our women's housing manager, spiritual daughter in the faith, and, uh, and Cassie's house. Go ahead and stand up. Cassie's house is here, and Sarah's house, and um, uh, is, Mary, is Mary here today? Mary? Oh, she, oh, she's back at the table. Okay, Mary is uh, one of the house managers, and... Uh, uh, so just excited. Dave, of course, uh, the, it was in the video. Go ahead and stand up, Dave. Give everybody a, a wave. And he's a straight street recovery uh, housing manager, recovery chaplain uh, at Freedom City Church. And so, you know, it's amazing to see what God has done in the past 12 years since uh, my wife and I have been in Springfield, Missouri. Uh, 11 years ago, we met... Uh, Doing, we were both at CBC, but we met doing street evangelism uh, downtown. Uh, and eight years, so if you're, how many single folk do we have in the house? Go downtown and tell people about Jesus and God will give you a spouse. <laughs> eight years ago, we started the first recovery home and Friday night uh, fire recovery service in our backyard uh, behind the come and go on uh, division. Uh, and national, uh, people thought we were having a party. It was, you know, we, people would pull their cars up in the backyard and people would show up like, thought we were having a party. But it was a Holy Ghost party. Come on, somebody. <laughs> yeah, uh, so uh, six years ago, we, uh, seven years ago, we launched Sunday services at AGTS at the Seminary Chapel at, at Evangel. Six years ago, we got into our own building uh, down the street here at the corner of Division uh, and Broadway. Four years ago, I started Straight Street, and a couple years ago, the Northside Recovery Community Center. Uh, and we have seen that God has been faithful uh, to sustain the vision uh, and the mission that he has given us for urban transformation and community development and the building of Freedom City. Uh, as many of you know, this is a vision that was uh, given to me in seed form uh, many years ago uh, on a lonely prison cell at the prison of New Mexico uh, 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 in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Uh, and, you know, we believe that um, uh, the local church is the hope of the world. You know, the nexus of the model of everything that we're doing is Freedom City Church. Jesus said, 
I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So this is why what we're doing is working, even though it incorporates other nonprofits and uh, businesses. And we hope to export this model of community transformation and church planting uh, across the, the country uh, one day. You know, uh, Don Wilkerson, the founder uh, of Adult and Teen Challenge, along with his brother, uh, the late David uh, Wilkerson, has been a, a big proponent uh, of the model um, that we have. And of course, my, my, my wife went through the Long Island Teen Challenge in New York City. Um, but I was speaking at a conference a, a few weeks ago in Richmond, Virginia, and uh, Brother Don lives a, 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 a not far from there, and we were talking. Uh, and he was asking for my input on uh, recovery ministry and our reentry housing and what we're doing at Freedom City. And, you know, if you would have told me uh, 24 years ago when I went through uh, Sonny Argonzoni's uh, ministry, uh, Victory Outreach, out of Los Angeles, that one day his spiritual father, Don Wilkerson, would be asking me for my input on recovery ministry, or really anything for that matter, I would have thought that he was crazy, you know, but now it, it seems, it just seems normal, you know, and, and so, but Don and David Wilkerson are heroes uh, of the faith. Come on, they deserve honor. They deserve to be celebrated. A few days ago, Don uh, sent me, Brother Don sent me a text message and said, I just sent you an email. Would you read, would you read the letter? Uh, and I'm going to read a portion of that letter for you this morning. He said this, I learned early on in outreach ministry to gangs, drug addicts, and others that evangelism without discipleship does not fulfill the Great Commission. He said, however, outreach ministries done outside a local church often can be very successful because of their singular focus in reaching the least evangelized by the church, but they end up with a problem if they do not point converts to the importance of belonging to a specific local church. In our outreach in New York City, in the birthing of Teen Challenge, if it was a gang member or addict responding to the gospel, we had a place for them to go for discipleship. Then during the discipleship process, and especially uh, after, getting, uh, uh, after getting them plugged into a local church was essential. Many local churches do not have the means or the knowledge to reach those furthest from the church, uh, as do specialized outreach ministry. Uh, this, the fact is that local churches need the outreach ministries and vice versa. I used to work hard at trying to do our outreach and evangelism together with a local church, but the major problem was the converts came from such a different uh, culture, lifestyle, and mindset of the average congregation that it never really worked. Even when the pastor or some of the members of the church wanted to be a part of the outreaches, assimilation into the church was not possible. I have found the best solution is to have a church founded by someone saved from the streets, addiction, and prison who can best relate to those reached by such a church. Up until now, uh, such churches have been few in number. It's time to change that. Brother John, my brother, uh, believed the First Teen Challenge Center at 416 Clinton Avenue was to be, among other things, a model a prototype, as it were, to be duplicated across America and around the world. However, we never envisioned it would be done with so much remarkable success. 
It may be, John, that your Freedom City Church and the launching of Hope Homes in Straight Street right in full view of the Assemblies of God headquarters may be a similar model whose time has come. If so, I want to be, I want to have some part uh, in its launching. Isn't that powerful? There have been other leaders from our tribe, along with Pastor Jim Bradford and Don Wilkerson, uh, 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 that have been proponents of the Freedom City uh, model, including the, the late, great Dr. George Wood, Alton Garrison, Pastor Rick DeBose, uh, Pastor Donna Barrett, Dr. Carol Taylor, and more recently, Pastor John Lindell. Uh, and there have been uh, opponents and naysayers along the way as well, of course, um, and they get no honorable mention this morning. <laughs> there is a cry coming uh, out of urban centers of the United States of America, out of the prisons of the United States of America, and from the addicts, from the poor, from the unsheltered, from the poor and the marginalized and disenfranchised. The title of the message this morning is, Do You Hear the Cry? Today we'll look at three points drawn from uh, the text of Acts chapter 16, uh, 1 through 10. Uh, the three points are the primacy of the gospel, guidance comes in motion, and do you hear the cry? Stand with me as we read the text uh, for today's talk. Acts chapter 16, 1 through 10. Paul went first to Derby, then to Lystra. Uh, there was a young disciple named Timothy. Uh, his mother was a Jewish believer, but his father was a Greek. Uh, Timothy was well thought of by the believers in Lystra and Iconium. So Paul wanted him to join them on their journey. In deference to the Jews of the area, he arranged for Timothy to be circumcised. Everybody say circumcised. Before they left, for everyone knew that his father was a Greek. Then they went from town to town, instructing the believers to follow the decisions made by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in faith and grew large every day. Ne uh, larger every day. Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching. Somebody say the Holy Spirit stopped them from preaching. And the word, the word in the province of Asia at the time. Then coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed north from the province of Bithynia. But again, the spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So instead, they went on through Mysia to the seaport at Troas. That night, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia, northern Greece, was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once concluding that God had called us to preach the good news there. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your word uh, that is living and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. God, we pray that your word would uh, penetrate hearts to today, uh, that it would encourage, that it would exhort, that it would challenge, that it would cut, uh, that it would move us to action uh, this morning as we hear the cry of those around us that are lost and broken. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. you may be seated in the presence of God. 
So the first point is the primacy of the gospel. Uh, in Acts 6, in Acts 16.3, uh, it says that out of respect or deference for the Jews in the area, uh, Paul arranged for Timothy to be uh, circumcised before they left. That's very nice of him to make those arrangements um, for Timothy on Timothy's behalf. Uh, and so to, to Paul, the gospel was of primary importance, right? Nothing else got in the way uh, of, the, of preaching the gospel. Prison, uh, beatings, uh, betrayals, uh, and even giving his own life eventually. And so the circumcision of Timothy is very interesting. Uh, he, he was considered a Jew because his mother was a, a Jew, uh, much like Jews today that uh, are considered Jews from their, the, from their mother's side. And uh, uh, his Jewish part of the family, his mother and grandmother were uh, Christians, uh, solid Christians, but uh, his father was a Greek. Uh, and so Paul had to have him circumcised, uh, and, and, you know, so that people wouldn't get offended. And so uh, talk about being sold out uh, for the gospel. You know, I, I like to point my spiritual sons to this passage when they say that I'm too strict with them or that right, Dave, I've never, you know, so I'm lenient compared to Paul. Um, and so what's interesting, too, is that the previous chapter, chapter 15, it talked about how that, you know what I mean, that, circum that circumcision meant nothing, right? Remember at Acts 15, 1 and 2, Paul and Bar Barnabas argued vehemently against some Jewish Christians who were saying that circumcision was necessary to be saved. So then Paul goes and gets Timothy circumcised uh, out of respect for them while they took a letter saying that circumcision was of no value and to stop teaching that circumcision was necessary, right? And so here he is arguing vehemently against circumcision uh, and then has his disciple uh, get circumcised, right? And so the issue was if, if Paul were to go to a synagogue and take Timothy in there, it would like, uh, you know, be taking the, uh, the enemy right into the army's camp. You know, uh, uh, he would have not been... The message would not have been received uh, because everybody knew that Timothy uh, was a Greek, right? And so uh, 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 Paul did not believe that circumcision mattered at all, um, but uh, the gospel was primary importance and nothing else got in the way, not even the foreskin of Timothy, you know, in 1 Corinthians 9, 23, he said, I become all things to all people that I might save some. Romans 1, 16, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation for all those who believe. In 1 Corinthians 9, he said, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. Sharing the gospel was the main thing to Paul. He was always forgoing his own rights uh, for the sake of the gospel. And he believed that that is how believers should live uh, uh, today, to put the importance on the eternal things, not over the, the temporal things. I forgot to start my stopwatch. You guys are in trouble. Anything temporal must bow down 
to the gospel, which is the power of God unto salvation. You know, in, in Ephesians, he told, uh, uh, Paul told the slaves to, uh, you know, remain slaves uh, out of, uh, you know, uh, so that you might win your, your uh, masters to God. For the sake of the gospel, remain a slave. Right? Yet Paul was uh, against slavery. We know that. He, he said, if you can get your freedom, get free. Right? If you can buy your freedom, get free. He even told Philemon, he said, hey, Philemon, let Ona- you know, I'm sending Onesimus, your runaway slave, back. Forgive him that stuff that he, you know, he stole from you. Uh, and you know, take him back as a brother uh, because you owe me your very life. Right, and so uh, Paul used a little, you know, you owe me. Now take this guy back. Kind of manipulated uh, Philemon there a little bit, uh, uh, but was saying, hey, you know, this is a brother. We're all equal in Christ. But yet, anything that hindered the gospel or would cause uh, people to not be open or responsive to the gospel message was to be set aside. That's a different perspective. You know, in, at Freedom City, we, we try to focus on what is missional, right? We, 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 we gauge everything by what is missional. Do we, got, do we put on, we had people that were against the mask uh, ordinance, right? And I'm like, hey, put the mask on. You know what I mean? If, if people can't come to church because we're a, a super spreader, then you know what I mean? Then uh, uh, this is a missional issue. So whether you want, I was, was for the mask, you know, but I said, even if you're not for them, this is a missional issue, put the mask on, you know, uh, and use hand sign. Wash your hands. Come on, somebody. <laughs> wash your hands anyway. Uh, but I'm kind of OCD, so I wash my hands more than, but uh, I clean my eyeglasses like three times in every hour. But anything that hindered the gospel uh, or would cause people to not be open to the gospel had to be uh, set aside. Uh, and, and what's interesting is that, that uh, 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 Timothy had so much respect for Paul and his authority that when he was asked to, to be circumcised, he submitted to it, you know, and they went along their way. If that would have been me, I would have been like, can we like discuss this? You know what I mean? We're, I, I would have tried to be like, I feel like we're being hypocrites if we're taking letters from the apostles in Jerusalem saying that. Uh, circumcision is, you know, nothing, but yet you're having me get circumcised. That's hypocritical. Let's not do it. I'm going to stand on principle on this one. I'm willing, but I think it would be hypocritical. You know, I mean, come on, but he just got circumcised. You know what I mean? Uh, 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 and, and, you know, nowadays, sometimes you can't get people to show up to the church uh, work day. Uh, maybe probably not here at Central, but at Freedom City, We've had a few people who are no longer there that wouldn't show up to the church work day. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, I'm, I'm being funny, but really, if we believed in the primacy of the gospel, we would be all in. You know, I'm reminded of the Moravians uh, who fled religious uh, persecution in Moravia, present-day Czechoslovakia, you know, to, to go to Germany and they set up the, uh, uh, on a nobleman's land in Saxony, set up uh, uh, a settlement called Her Hut, the Lord's Watch. And they had 24-7 prayer that went on in shifts for uh, over 100 years. And this moved, moved them to mission, right? Because prayer connecting with God will always move you to mission. 
And so I love my, my brother Brian Allard's ministry, America Praise and World Praise. And, you know, they're, they're trying to rally uh, believers to pray for the lost with a goal to pray over everybody in the world by name. They, like, even got an app for it, right, to get everybody in the world prayed for by name that they could uh, usher in the second coming of the, uh, 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 of the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, and, and so, but the Moravians, they were people of prayer, uh, uh, and pioneers in the missionary prayer uh, movement, and their all-consuming purpose uh, was to spread the gospel, and many of you know the story, some of them even sold themselves into slavery so that they could go uh, minister to slaves, so they gave up all their rights so that they could go minister to slaves. And it now famously known that as they departed on the slave ships, waving goodbye to their families, maybe their children, their parents, their loved ones, and their friends, as they got shipped off to spread the gospel to slaves, they would say that the lamb may receive the reward of his suffering. They understood the primacy of the gospel Second point, divine guidance. Guidance comes in motion. We see in uh, the verses 6 through 10 here that uh, uh, they're headed in a circuit, certain direction because the Holy Spirit had stopped them from preaching uh, in the province of Asia, right? And then they come to the border of Mysia. Uh, they're heading north into Bithynia. And again, the Spirit of Jesus stopped them, right? So they turned around and uh, went into the seaport of Troas, uh, and that's where Paul had the Macedonian call, someone calling, a man from Macedonia saying, come and help us. And so, but it's interesting that they were kept from uh, 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 preaching, the, preaching by the Holy Spirit in Asia, you know. And so what happened to the first point, the primacy of the gospel, right? Aren't they supposed to go preach? Uh, and they had gone through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, so logic uh, uh, according to commentaries, would have suggested uh, the Roman uh, province of Asia, modern-day uh, Turkey, right? And I'm, me, Hannah was like, we need to go to that Turkey uh, trip with Pastor Jim. And I'm like, that would be awesome. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Will your parents come babysit our kids? Uh, from New York City. We, bring, uh, we already got my mom to move here, but she's gone half the year in Kenya. But now we're working on Hannah's parents, right? Just basically for babysitters. We just need babysitters. That's all. <laughs> so the Bible does not say uh, how the, the Spirit redirected them here. Uh, F.S. Bruce said it was probably a prophet at Lystra. Uh, maybe it was a, a word of knowledge from one of the missionary team. But the bottom line is that God made them clear that they were not to go into Asia at that time. Right, And so since they were forbidden there, they went a different direction. Uh, so here's the thing. Paul did not sit on his hands. He did not uh, do nothing when he did not have, uh, did not know where God wanted him to go next. Right? He was conscious of the missionary uh, mandate that had been laid upon him. He knew, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. So he just continued to go. Uh, so when the Spirit checked him in one direction, he would go step and go a different direction, believing that the Holy Spirit would, would give him guidance, would confirm or deny uh, the new direction. So guidance 
comes in motion. As we are obedient to the last word that God has spoken, that he has said to us, God will give you more. If we're faithful with the light that we have, more will be given to us. God speaks. God guides today. And it's easier to guide a ship that is in motion than one that is standing still. You know, sometimes as we look back on our lives, we can see how God has led us every step of the way through gentle nudgings, through scripture, uh, through counsel, you know, through the written word, through a a word of God that is brought to life uh, as we read it, through prophetic words. And, uh, you know, sometimes when you're in the process and uh, you're making your way and uh, you don't see how God is, is guiding at the time. You're looking through a glass darkly. Uh, but uh, later on, in retrospect, it all makes sense. And you go back and you look at your life and I, I see how God was leading me. I, even though at times I felt like I didn't even have any idea what I was doing. You know, I mean, I was responding to the nudgings and the guidance of God, like men that decided to come to Hope Homes right out of prison. They could have gone somewhere else, you know what I mean? But God was guiding you guys to Hope Homes, was guiding you uh, uh, to Cassie's house and to Sarah's house. And um, so God does guide. You know, uh, when I look back over my own life, that is the case. I see that God uh, has been faithful to uh, lead me. You know, even though uh, at times I was unfaithful, God remained uh, faithful to me. He he cannot deny himself. You know, uh, 24 years ago, God met me at a a recovery uh, home connected with the church started by Sonny uh, Argonzoni and uh, Victory Outreach. And, you know, uh, uh, there was a, a, a season there where I backslid for two years, was picked up on old charges. Um, but over the past 24 years, the 22 years, I have been walking uh, with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so now I can say that uh, I've been, uh, you know, uh, saved walking with Jesus for decades, which can mean only one thing. I'm getting old. <laughs> How many saints in the house can say that you've been walking with Jesus for decades? Let me see your hand. Look at the amazing, amazing. Isn't it wonderful uh, to walk with Jesus? So he guides. uh, You know, um, I got picked up on those old charges. And, uh, you know, uh, as uh, uh, Pastor Carter always says, you know, uh, you do the crime, you do the time. And uh, so I had to go back to uh, prison. I had to go to prison for uh, uh, a few years. And I got out again in 2010. And I was planning on going to Vanguard in L.A. I was planning on going to uh, hook back up with the Ministry of Victory Outreach, which had already been on the mission field with them. Uh, And I got out of prison. I was uh, on parole. I was healed of hepatitis C. Uh, The Lord supernaturally healed me. And uh, I was asked to speak at a camp meeting, and I went and uh, spoke at the camp meeting on, uh, on my healing and, uh, you know, uh, on my testimony. And there was an uh, old uh, pastor there that lived at the campgrounds. His wife had left him. 
Uh, so he lived at the campgrounds, watching over the campgrounds. He came up, up to me after, uh, after, the, after service and the prayers time was done. And he said, and I had mentioned I was going to uh, Vanguard. And he goes, you're not supposed to go to Vanguard. You're supposed to go to Central Bible College in Springfield, Missouri. And at that time, uh, you know, CBC hadn't, wasn't really on my radar, uh, but uh, it, what he was saying just resonated with uh, me and, and my spirit, and it was confirmed in several uh, other ways. And so uh, 12 years ago, came up here to uh, Central uh, uh, Bible College. And, uh, but imagine if I had not listened uh, 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 to what God was saying. What if I would have said, well, that doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? What does this uh, guy know? You know, or uh, uh, that's not logical. You know, uh, of course I should go to, back to L.A., right, um, and go to Vanguard, you know. And so uh, 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 if I had not listened to that gentle leading of the Lord, we would not be here this morning. You know what I mean? My wife would not be blessed with such a good-looking husband, uh, we would, just kidding, uh, and so, and we wouldn't have our two wonderful kids, and uh, Freedom City would not be here, um, you know, so uh, in, in some circles of, of evangelical Christianity, they say God doesn't give involved in specifics, that you just kind of, uh, you know, just don't sin, right, and God will bless it, just make a decision and roll with it, um, I believe that God is very, uh, has an opinion on the specifics of our lives, particularly the bigger ones, who you're going to marry, what city you're going to go to, what college you're going to, what profession you're going to choose, who you're going to, uh, uh, you know, uh, align yourself with, the people you're going to walk with, um, who, you know. Uh, so these answers are found through an intimate relationship uh, with Jesus Christ, right? And we all know that uh, divine revelation comes in many different ways. One of the ways is the peace of God, right? But not necessarily the peace of your circumstances, right? Sometimes uh, the doors can be closed and God wants you to go under the door, come on, or around the door or over the door. Come on, we've gone over a few doors <laughs> Uh, here in Springfield, you know, uh, 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 so you can have peace, but that doesn't mean your circumstances are going to have peace. Some people say, well, I'm experiencing some opposition, must not be the will of God. Well, that's actually not, not the case. I mean, you know, it could not be the will of God, but that might not be why, right? And so uh, God can even speak through a fortune cookie. Uh, so I know that I was... Uh, I had put my book on a shelf, and by a shelf, I mean, uh, you know, a hard drive file, um, and uh, then uh, I just hadn't touched it again. I didn't know if any, anybody would want to hear a junkie comes to Jesus story, you know, uh, or, uh, you know, but, uh, and then I was coming back from Church of the Highlands with a, a group and uh, ended up stopping at a Chinese restaurant, and uh, afterwards, we got the fortune cookies, right, and the check, and God said, I'm going to speak to you, right? And sometimes God will, like, let me know something's about to happen, and he's going to speak to me in some sort of way, right? And so he's like, I'm going to speak to you. And I'm like, really? You know, opened it up, and I kid you not, it said, you need to finish that book. <laughs> I'm like, well, there you go. You know what I mean? God's... <laughs> All, all this time, now I know how to get a word from God. It was all, it's at the Chinese restaurant, everybody. Anytime you need, no, I'm just kidding. Don't make a doctrine out of that, but, you know, God can, 
uh, speak however he wants, you know. And so uh, everything that God has for our lives is not uh, written in the Bible, right? The, the specifics uh, aren't there, and that's not heresy. Um, you know, Proverbs 26, 4 and 5 says, you know, uh, do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you will be like him. The next verse, verse 5 says, answer a fool according to his folly, or he'll be wise in his own eyes, right? So what, which direction do you go? Well, it's through walking with the Lord. It's through uh, intimacy with Jesus that you'll know uh, whether or not to answer a fool according to their folly. Probably don't do it on Facebook. That's what I've been learning the past decade. Uh, because you will be like them. Uh, so it's through intimacy with Christ that uh, we're to know which direction to go. Uh, you know, uh, uh, John 5, 19, uh, Jesus said, I can do nothing but what I see the Father doing. You know, uh, Jesus spent, went alone to solitary places to spend hours with the Father. You know, I mean, he saw what the Father was doing for that day, and then he would go and do it. You know, he would spend hours with God and minutes with men. And many times we spend uh, minutes with God and years with men and women. You know, last year we almost lost our, our building uh, here at Freedom City right down the street there. The, the owner had, I found out the owner wasn't going to give us an extension on the five-year balloon note. Uh, I thought that he would. Um, but he had gotten an offer for over a, a million uh, dollars, and the balloon note was for six hundred and forty-nine thousand uh, dollars. So a four hundred thousand dollar difference. I'm sure that had nothing to do with it. Um, but uh, I had to. Um, uh, I see. Here's the thing. I knew God gave us that building. You know, uh, my wife and I would walk around that building. We would pray over that building. Uh, for two years, we would pour out drink offerings of Mountain Dew. Come on, you know what I mean? <laughs> Opening up fortune cookies on the, no. But I, sometimes I would go there and sit in that parking lot. It was used as an OCAC. I would sit in the parking lot and just weep and pray and claim the promises of God. I would do my devotions in the parking lot in my car sometimes. I knew God gave us that building. Through a series of, uh, of miracles, God opened the door for us to leave AGTS and, and uh, go into that building in uh, the early part of 2017. You know, the, he owner, the owner, owner financed it to us. Uh, but here we are in uh, uh, last year and uh, uh, realized that we were going to need to have uh, the money you know what I mean? We were going to need to pay off that balloon note uh, January of 23. Uh, and so during that time, you know, I went back and read my journals. I went to Facebook posts, uh, you know what I mean, of me and Hannah praying over the building and uh, pictures that we had and to remind myself that God had given us that building. You know, and Pastor Jim uh, stood with me uh, the entire time without wavering once and I told my team in August of last year, I said, uh, I've done the SWOT analysis. This is a real threat. Uh, we could not be here. Some people were saying we need to move out. Um, and uh, I said, but I, I have a word from God. God's going to make a way for us. And we had people that had moved here to be a part of Freedom City Church in the previous year and, uh, you know, uprooted their family and, you know, moved to a different state. And then a few months later, I'm like, okay, this thing's about to come in for a landing, right? 
Uh, and, uh, but I said, look, that's the facts, but I have something greater than facts. I have a word from God. God gave us this building. And during that, I asked him to fast for 21 days, and then I would go hit up everybody for money. Uh, and uh, so we, um, you know, uh, we had a, 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 during that time of fasting, God gave me a word, Hosea 2.15, I will make the valley of Achor or trouble into a gateway of hope. And God spoke to me from that passage that he was not going only to meet the immediate need for the building, but also to uh, propel Freedom City uh, and my wife and I into the destiny that God uh, had for us, right? And, and so uh, one of the people I sent an email to was uh, Pastor John Lendl at James River, and he emailed back and said, let me come and uh, uh, see the building. And he came and uh, we toured the building and walked around the outside. And, uh, you know, he, he said, uh, you know, it's amazing to see what you guys have done with so little right here on the north side of Springfield. Uh, he, he said, uh, he went on to say, and the faith of Pastor Jim in Central to put a $100,000 roof on your building when you might lose the building, uh, God is up to something. And see, moving in faith is risky, or it's not faith at all. So thank you, Central Assembly, for getting uh, behind us, even when uh, it, could be, uh, you, it could be seen by some that you were being foolish, but you believed in us. And, but now no one thinks you're foolish. You have been vindicated, uh, as have I. And he went on to say, you don't need a mortgage payment. And, uh, you know, he goes, but we just did our season of giving. And uh, so we don't know how this is uh, going to play out. You know, uh, it might not be until next year. Uh, a few weeks later, he called me and said, it was on a Saturday afternoon. And he said, uh, Pastor Carter was walking with this the whole time, too, on the board for Freedom City. And he said, uh, uh, you know, I feel like God wants me to take up an offering tomorrow, you know. And so uh, he goes, I just wanted to let you know before, you know, news hit the church streets. You know, how many news, news travels fast and, uh, but, uh, on the church, the church streets here? But, uh, and so he, they took up an offering the next day in December last year, and I was getting videos from the service of, at every campus, just people exploding uh, and exuberantly giving uh, uh, to God, you know. And then after the service, he uh, called me and said, hey, could you come next Sunday? You and Hannah, the first service, we'll tape it. Uh, I just feel like if you came and shared uh, that uh, people would be more apt to give and uh, also, you would be able to raise long-term long -term donors and volunteers. And uh, so I'm thinking I got to go over there and wow them with my eloquent speech uh, the next week to raise the money. But little did I know that that, that morning they had already raised $1.3 million uh, to pay off Freedom City Church. Come on. They brought us out that big check that Sunday morning on stage at, at James River, uh, and it was like, it was surreal, you know, that I was, you know, it, it was just surreal, you know, and, uh, but people gave more than enough. We were able to replace the HVAC system. We were able to buy a, a home for women, and, uh, you know, God was able to do uh, above and beyond. We were able to, even able to get on an app that goes into all the prisons throughout the uh, United States. So uh, as a four, uh, in the past four months that we've been on this app in prisons, 
do you know that we've had over 200,000 views, 800 salvations, and over 5,000 people in our campus in the prison? I'm powerful. The way that the people came together and gave that, uh, that morning reminds me of Exodus 37, uh, when God told uh, Moses, go tell the people to stop giving. More than enough has already come in. So I say this to uh, celebrate what God uh, has done, uh, but also to say that in the 10 months leading up uh, to the Christmas miracle, there was much uncertainty. So there was much pain, heartache, um, not knowing what was going to happen, not knowing, did I miss God? Um, at that point, I felt like if I missed God on this, then I may have missed God on some other things. Um, not my salvation. My salvation is, is not in question. Um, but hearing from God. And if I had not heard God, then what am I doing pastoring Freedom City Church? Because it's uh, too hard on me, my wife, my children. The heartache is too much. If God has not called us to it, then, then I could go do something else and make more money and, and work less. Come on, somebody. And so, but you know what? That's uh, how I just laid it in God's hands. So this miracle was, was bigger uh, than just the building. You know what I mean? It was bigger it, it, on so many levels. This was a, a Christmas miracle. Um, and I have seen how God did answer uh, and not only met that immediate need, but is propelling Freedom City into uh, its destiny. In those 10 months prior, I had, um, I had some people that uh, I highly respect that were, became cynical um, of me and became, uh, uh, said things that, like that I wasn't, you know, I needed to move out of the building, that I wasn't uh, being a good steward of the things that, that God had entrusted me with. But I stood on God's word, um, you know, uh, in the face uh, 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 of some of my own doubts, despite the voices of naysayers and uh, the lies of the enemy, and uh, even in spite of logic and common sense. We held on to the word of God, and if we had, would have given up, we would not be there uh, today. You know, so uh, God's guidance won't always make sense. It won't always be logical. Um, but if you're going to step out and do something like that, you need to know that for certain God has spoke, right? Faith grounded in God's word moves mountains. Presumption, good ideas, fleshly desires do not. God speaks to those who are listening, and guidance comes in motion and your, your story, the, the way God is leading you and writing your story only makes sense as it fits into God's meta-narrative, uh, salvation history, his story, the history that, that, that God is writing and uh, uh, the redemption uh, of men and women and those things and places that are lost. The only way your story makes sense uh, is if you are responding to the cry of the lost and the hurting. My last point, the cry of the hurting. He heard a call from the, he saw a vision, the man from Macedonia calling him to come and help him. You know, uh, 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 we just can't respond just to need. 
right? Uh, we want to respond to need, right? But we meet need uh, on the way that we're going. See, God knew the beginning from the end. He knew how to maneuver Paul for the, the biggest uh, uh, impact in the world, right? And, and so guidance comes in motion. Uh, God will always lead you to partnering with him and his mission to seek and to save the lost, Right, We all are, play different parts, but in a very real way, we are all working uh, to, to, write, to partner with God and his story because there is no mission but the great commission. We need to hear the cry of the hurting. Do you hear the cry of the lost and the hurting in your city, in Springfield, in North Springfield? And I know that you do. This church hears the cry. It responds world, worldwide. You know, and we did not intend to stay in Springfield. Uh, but then in 2014, as I was finishing up my master's degree, uh, four people were murdered at a Northside Hotel at the Econo Inn, I think it was. And uh, I was just, for some reason, just broken to pieces over that. And I was crying out to God, you need to do something in this city, God. And he said... You need to do something. And through a series of events, God, uh, quickly, God moved our plans around. Uh, and, 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 and we stayed in Springfield, uh, Missouri, you know. And, and, and so if you, uh, on the app that we're on, we've been getting letters coming in from women's prisons in Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, one, uh, uh, I'm reading through these letters, just sitting in my office, weeping, these women writing and men writing from prisons. Like, we can't even go through all the letters. We have people working on it, getting through the letters, coming from prisoners. But one, pri uh, a, a women's prison, I don't want to say the state, but anyway, they are, uh, 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 they've been watching it together, and they said, oh, this place is devastated. They had five overdose deaths from fentanyl in, to, in the previous two weeks. In, in that, that facility. And they said, we believe if you come, that God, that it will make a difference if you just come speak here. You know what I mean? That, that talk about faith. That makes you want to go speak there. You know what I mean? That, that'll pull, God will respond to that. You know what I mean? And so we're working on getting, getting over there. But I, I am compelled uh, by God to act. You know, North Springfield is ravaged by addiction uh, violence, overdose deaths, and this is truly a cross-cultural uh, mission field with the folk that we are reaching, uh, unable to support uh, the work financially. And uh, as the worship team comes up, you know, we need uh, those who hear the cry of the hurting in Springfield, who hear of the cry of the, herbie, uh, of the hurting from the urban centers of the United States of America to join us in prayer uh, and action. You know, in the words of, of one of my heroes, William Booth, he said this, while women weep as they do now, I'll fight. While children go hungry as they do now, I'll fight. While men go to prison in and out as they do now, I'll fight. While there is a drunkard or addict left, while there is a poor lost girl lost upon the streets, while people die daily of fentanyl overdoses and suicides, while there remains one dark soul without the light of God, I will fight and I will fight to the very end. God will lead us into our destiny 
as we keep moving, as we respond and hear the cry of the hurting, as our hearts are broken for what breaks God's heart. God's heart is broken for souls, is broken for the lost and the hurting uh, that are out on our streets today, that are unsheltered, that are sitting in prisons uh, across this country. God's heart breaks for souls. Three simple points in conclusion. The primacy of the gospel. Let's focus on eternal realities. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18 says, Therefore, do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For we know that our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Because what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. God does guide. Guidance comes in motion. It's easier to direct a ship that is, that is moving than one that is sitting idle at the dock. Number three, hear the cry of the hurting. Let's pray. Lord, we cry out to you, Lord, that you would cause our hearts to continue to be soft, continue to be broken for what breaks your hearts. Help us, oh God, not to become uh, comfortable, uh, not to become jaded with the pain, with the loss that we see. God, help us to continue to reach outside the four walls, God, Lord, of the church. God, Lord, help us to hear the cries of the hurting in our communities, God, of the hurting in our, in our city, in our state, in our nation, in our world. Help us, God, Lord, to hear and lead us. Connect the dots for us so we can make the greatest impact for your kingdom, oh God. Lord, we pray, God, Lord, for revival in this city. God, we pray for revival in North Springfield. We pray for revival in the prisons. We pray for a move of your spirit in Missouri. We pray, God, that you would rend the heavens, God, over the United States of America. Oh, God, that you would come down. God, that you would renew your work in the midst of the years. Oh, God, God, that you would show up like never before. One more time, God, Lord, we're crying out for an awakening. Una vez más, oh Dios, manda su espíritu, oh Dios. Manda su presencia, Señor. Rompe los cadenas, Dios. Break the chains, God. Come down and make yourself known, oh God. We long, God, Lord, for the day, God, Lord, of your appearing. 